0: Hello welcome to Hello from Bhutan, I'm Namke Sam. It's been a while since you've heard from me, I know, but I'm back. I have a new series focusing on everything queer in Bhutan. The first three episodes were originally filmed for Queer Talks Bhutan. This is the first episode featuring Tenzin Yuzer, a young gay college student. Welcome to Queer Talks Bhutan. I am your host, Nam Gizam. Today, with me in conversation, is a really bright young student who is so inspiring and is here to share his story. His name is Tenzin Yuzer, he is a second year student at the College of Science and Technology. Tenzin, it's so nice to meet you. And um, I came across your story, uh, a short bit of it, on Humans of Temple, yes. And um, then we were thinking, oh, we must talk to Tenzin, especially on Queer Talks, right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey, especially for those people who haven't um, seen your story on Humans of Temple and who have seen you for the first time today.
1: Okay. Um, as you have introduced me, I'm Tenzin Yezer, currently studying um, Bachelor of Information Technology at CST. Well, I would like to take you on an emotional journey in my story and I would like to tear a page from my diary and give it to you. So my life was pretty amazing at first. Everything was good. Um, my dad and mom had their business of their own. Dad had her, his business and my mom had her business. My mom was an inspirational and one of the most important figures in my family because everything. Uh, the family faced through. She was usually the rock of the family. She always did everything. She was such a, a inspiring mom as well as a daughter because she was able to take both her parents and both my grandparents, maternal and paternal, to Dojiten, which was, which was really inspiring. She did everything, but for a couple of years, you could see that she wasn't actually happy with us. She had this amazing family. She was doing good good in business. She was excellent, but she wasn't happy. Slowly, she started to go on religious trips. Mm -hmm. She started doing the six months months, uh, retreat, then the one year. And I think she started these religious trips when I was 10. And when I was 12, I remember she was packing her things and she sat me down and she looked me in the eyes and she told me okay things are going to be different now I have I don't want to this is not me intentionally leaving you but I have a greater purpose to fulfill and this is what I am really passionate about and she, she told me to be strong and she it was like she foretold that my life was going to be hard now
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and she also said she also mentioned the fact that dad could remarry and then you might be have to be more accepting of the future so she taught me how to be brave in life and follow your purpose be true to yourself second (laughs) if you look at dad okay dad and I we weren't quite you know two beans in a pod but then we did talk a lot after mom went away. It was quite difficult for us to blend in. But slowly, yes, dad did remarry. And you know how difficult it is for the acceptance from both the families when you marry the second time of another stepmom coming into the family. Mm -hmm. We tried our best to make sure that we were happy, but we uh, just weren't. My dad didn't get the acceptance that he needed from the both of the families, they often ended up in quarrels and I think my dad was too hurt by then. So he decided I should be on my own after college. He he told me I should, you know, be by myself and he needed a life of his own, Mm -hmm. which I perfectly understand. And so now I'm in the care of my uncle and aunt who fully support me. Actually before coming to this interview yesterday i was you know i thought of preparing and getting my thoughts aligned but it was quite difficult because i haven't told them Mm -hmm. that i came for that presentation and this interview oh so yesterday i couldn't prepare until 6 pm and i decided oh my god i i should tell them this Mm -hmm. i shouldn't do this things behind the back Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and my uncle he isn't quite accepting of this Mm-hmm. But then he has never treated me like another person. He has always Treated me as Yaser, his, his nephew, and he has never loved me one bit less mm-hmm. And my aunt, she's such an open-minded person. She said, you know, I had given them hints way before and I think it was time that now that I had grown and recently turned 20 <laughs> <laughs> I think should take things in my charge i should take Mm -hmm. charge of things and dad taught me that there are no bad guys in life Mm -hmm. just people who are trying everything to be happy and me and mom and dad yes we are happy just not together
0: Mm -hmm. it's no you're really emotionally mature you know to be saying these things like to have taken it in your stride and to be so mature about it i don't think many adults like way older than you would be able to see the situation the way you do it's admirable
1: oh thank you so much
0: <laughs> i'm sorry i cut you off you're going to say something yeah
1: yeah um okay i think if you look at the part where i came out well i w- i also asked myself you know when did i think i was gay or mm-hmm. when i thought i liked another guy well it was in pre-primary school mm-hmm. at the concert night. We were all dressed up, we both were dressed up, and we were just on the bed and just talking, and you know, and the kiss happened. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't sexual in a way or anything.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: just remember that he was a really nice person, mm-hmm. and he was there for me all the time, and I thought he deserved a kiss, you know, especially on the lips.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were six weeks. How old were you? I was about 6?
1: I think five. 5. 5. PP, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was the first time you realized you were attracted to somebody of your of, of the same, same gender, gender, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And after that, like did you ever think this was something you wanted to talk about um, with your mom perhaps because you seem to be closer to her?
1: Well, I think this part of me was quite an infant. Mm-hmm. I needed time for, you know, to let it grow and to see how, what it becomes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or I wanted to be sure that it's not just a face,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I just wanted to be really sure so I didn't tell anyone about it. It was quite difficult to tell to someone too because my mom was religiously inclined and it's kind of scary. Yeah, I
0: know I can, no, but how did you work through it then? How did you work through this process? Like you were saying, you were trying to figure out if it yeah. was just a face or if it was really who you are, right? Yeah. So how did you work through this? Like who did you speak to? Who helped you through this process?
1: well actually it was just i had given so much time to myself i was also quite figuring things out during the high school phase you know actually when i do you know how people are usually like i would do anything to go back to you know when i was a child or Mm -hmm. when i was in high school yeah but i wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) it was it was hell on earth
2: oh
1: it was quite difficult Mm. Well, if you look into the details, what usually happens is I would be often locked in the toilet doors. I would be called names at. In school, and, yeah.
0: by your classmates and schoolmates.
1: Yeah. Actually, I have also supported a group of friends, but there were also people who hated me. And they thought, you know, just names, you know, those names I can't even utter because mm. that's really offensive. Derogatory, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those names, they thought it was like a dose of medicine that I needed every day. Mm -hmm. Like I had this disease that would kill everyone around me or it would spread and then they would become something like me that's, you know, which they thought was disgusting. And Mm -hmm. my high school was really me trying to figure things out. And I told myself, you know, mom went away. Dad is having a life of his own. I shouldn't, everything around me is falling apart, but I shouldn't be the one who is falling apart. I don't have time for this. I have studies to think about. Then maybe after that, I will figure things out. I just kept my mind focused on even though, you know, there was sexual harassments, the Gosh. unsafe, you know, touch. Right, to right. The,
0: was it by boys? Mostly. mostly boys okay
1: so I think this was quite hard and when I moved to class 12 I think that was like the peak of everything a peak of all my storms all my thoughts what happened was it was also an additional academic pressure I was I think I like to say that I was academically inclined and ever since mom left and dad had you know, a life was on, I needed to have something that I was proud of myself. I just needed to study, I needed good grades. I was always, you know, um, motivating me myself to do better. And if I didn't, I usually despise myself. I, I used to hate myself when I got low marks. And I also used to want to be another person because I had this emotional, You know I think it was the teenage hormones (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I was feeling differently I just couldn't cope up with it and Mm -hmm. a lot of people were calling names and the external factors and I I couldn't believe that I would feel so uncomfortable in my own body that I had lived for 17 years Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I wanted to be something else a different person I just wanted to be normal like anybody else I wanted I thought I deserved loved, deserved to be loved. I started hating myself. And after that, after class 12, I decided, you know, maybe we should do things differently. I'll let myself be whoever I want to be. What was pretty embarrassing is the, the rap that I did after.
0: Oh <laughs> well, you did a rap? Do you rap?
1: No, <laughs> I just I thought maybe this night should be special, you know something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no holes barred, yeah, yeah. like you have to accept me like fully, it's just not parts of me you should accept. Is that what you did yeah. that night?
1: So, I just, so it's yeah. been good
0: so far <laughs> at CST, I mean, um, with your friends and your college mates, it's been a better experience, would you say?
1: Well, I think it's the year, I mean, they seem more mature, yeah. they seem more accepting and maybe it's because we are educated and there is more information about this, that they are more accepting. They know, they now know that it wasn't just a face and this is, this is uh, the part of me that is here to stay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it was okay in CSGO. I have been a part of White peer, which is, yeah, basically we have to sensitize about these topics. We constantly touch on these topics. And I think I felt welcomed and belonged They were really accepting friends. Awesome group of people I have met in my life and the most horrible too, but (laughs) I I don't want to fill my life with things that I hate. Mm -hmm. I want to focus on the things that I love and the people who supported me more because it wasn't a good place to be in high school and the, yeah, high school and my middle school when I had so much and I couldn't pour out it was so difficult it was suffocating i i don't know if it was depression or suicidal or it was sadness but it was something beyond that it, it was constant suffocation mm-hmm. and and i'm finally glad that i got a breather out
0: you're amazing oh, for having survived <laughs> that because i don't think many of us could you know to have your parents decide on living their lives, um, that in a way excludes you, right? And then Mm -hmm. that whole familial setup, no? And then to be out on your own, almost fed to a pack of wolves, your experience in high school, right? Like yeah. you were saying, like they were taunting you and teasing you and making fun of you every day for something that's not even your fault, right? Like It's who you are. It's, yeah. com- like, it's like who I am, right? And then people were chastising you for that and that's not okay. And I don't think many people would have survived that. And then from what I hear you were saying, you were your most able supporter right? Yeah. The inner voice that was there inside you was the one that guided you to keep moving on to the next day, right? Yeah. And then you were saying that you had like a supportive group of friends as well. So besides that, were there other things that kept you going? I mean it's so amazing that you were your biggest support system because people take their whole lives to find that support system, right? Yeah. To listen to yourself and to be there for yourself and you've done that at such a young age and that's incredible but oh, how, like what keeps you. you going still? I mean like who are the other people in your life that that's helped you who you are and celebrate who
1: you are well I think most of my life like revolves around my mom because I like to believe that we're really similar
2: mm-hmm. and
1: everywhere I go I'm usually like you know this is Isha's son in the is boo mm-hmm. and we are quite similar in our ideologies and she already I like to believe that she didn't leave me but she went ahead and led the way for me because she taught taught me to be you know passionate about what I did. And I like to share you an incident that happened. It was an ordinary day me and my uncle we were getting ready because the next day I was set to move to the fourth national YPR meet and unfortunately we got a call and it was my brother I mean my dad's brother's daughter who had come to Thimphu to start a new life. I remember she was full of hope and she was so excited to start a life, but then she had this um, history of, you know, the, there was wounds in her stomach and it was acting up and I think this was the climax where she ended up in the hospital they were in the emergency case. And because my uncle is a, uh, doctor, we got the call and we reached there first. I just saw her on the hospital bed and it was the machine that was keeping her here, mm-hmm. but you could see that she's neither gone nor here with us. Mm-hmm. And everyone was crying, but I I didn't cry because I, I didn't know what to do. I was so shocked. I, did, I didn't know if I was sad, if I was you know, I just didn't know what to do back then. So, after that, dad came and it's the phase after when we didn't talk for a while and he left me to be my own. Mm-hmm. And I remember him not even looking at my direction as if I didn't exist. And seeing with the stepmom, I think. And I like to believe that maybe they were too hurt and I just That's why I just didn't... I I did try to contact him, but then he didn't pick up my calls, and I just want... I believe that after everything that he has been through too, because he has supported me and my mom, I believe that he should also deserve a life and a family that he wants. So I've stopped calling him, and I just wanted him to be himself. After that incident, I just... not only... You know how... People, when they are about to die, their whole life flashes. Mm -hmm. But this was quite different. Someone had died and I saw my whole life flash before me. And I I just, I didn't want to live. You know, I had a really short life. And there is a voice inside me that told me, you're going to be next soon. Maybe five years later, but you you will die soon. Yeah, you have this short life
2: Mm -hmm. and I,
1: I don't want to live this life a lie.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: what I did was, I couldn't help with the fu- funeral. I could there was no way I could help. Mm-hmm. So, uncle and me we best decided that I should go to the national YPM meet that was scheduled tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we went down there, and what I did was I came out there okay. <laughs> to everyone again, <laughs> and. It's quite supportive. We won, actually. Oh, wow. We we were the network that won, CST network. And the poster, it got second. Mm -hmm. And I I was so proud of myself. What
0: was the poster?
1: (laughs) It was actually about my life. It was me using the LGBT flag as a cape, Superman cape. Yeah. It was right there. Oh,
0: wow. (laughs) You know what? I don't, I, I just, every time I hear, I'm amazed by how resilient you are it's amazing like I don't think I have heard there were so many points in your life where you could have just given up right yeah and then I'm sure you must have thought about it like you're saying you had some really dark difficult days yeah. and then for you have for you to have come out of all of that and then to realize your life is so short and there's something you have to live it authentically right yeah. authentic to yourself what is it now that you want to do with your life like what is it you want to be
1: well that's a question that I ask myself constantly. Mm-hmm. And since I was 20, I woke up at the middle of the night and I was like, Oh my God, you're 20 now. And, and it was, even though the high school experience was quite hectic and it was, I already felt so like old enough, you know, because the hardships, they felt like they were never going away. Right. And I felt like it had been years and years since I was in that place. Right. Well, now that I'm 20, I asked myself, you know, what do you want to do, actually? Right. There are a lot of people who are like, you know, I don't know what I'll become, but maybe I'll wait it out and I'll see what I'll become. But now that I was 20, I thought I needed, had, I mean, I should see my life mm-hmm. becoming. Mm-hmm. So, well, for that, I wanted to do what I loved most. So rather than the professional life that I will have after a CSD, and graduating. I was passionate, okay, first thing is, I need to be really, you know, I need to have this group of people who supported me and loved me. My uncle, my aunt, my grandpa, grandma, and if dad and we reconcile soon, I would surely include him in our list. I just want to give them the world because they had given their, to mine and mm-hmm. they had made me feel so loved and supported even though I didn't have my father and mother quite close to me, they had been really supportive. Mm-hmm. I want to make them a priority first. Other than that, I had three important things that I was passionate about. First was being myself. Mm-hmm. But now that I am myself every time, I actually, it was a, like a phase in my life after college, mm-hmm. I mean, after the first year. I was kind of chubby I mean I like to call myself I was fat back then
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I had this you know how being gay is you know it could be happy but then I wasn't happy even though I had come out so many times okay and I thought okay it may be the physical experience you know maybe I'm because I'm fat and me people don't like me maybe I'm looking it in a wrong way maybe what if it, it was the social media that was hampering what if I was thinking too much about what people thought of me and how I looked so what I did was I blocked all my social accounts I just
0: that's why you're not on social media yeah. <laughs> Okay. So
1: recently I opened up but in that phase I tried you know I tried to see what was happening and I still had this heaviness mm-hmm. I felt bad about myself The knees were hurting and i have this history of migraines yeah it was quite hectic Mm. back then well i started maybe now that we had blocked the social aspect Mm. maybe it's the physical baggage that i had Mm -hmm. so i started on a good diet this time Mm. i started exercising and i I can safely say that I have lost weight, but then I haven't weighed. I do not plan on weighing.
0: I don't think you need to get on the scale. I think if you feel good and you yeah. look in the mirror and you feel good about yourself, like that's the best.
1: Yes. I, I thought to myself, okay, you know, you came out gay. You don't necessarily have to invite problems. You can stay in solitude. People don't have to know, ma- know you because I wasn't going to pl- I wasn't planning on marrying. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that i had and i thought to myself okay maybe i should stay in solitude but then i contacted my other lgbt friends They we messaged and they told me their stories they told me how they were bullied how they were sexually harassed and mm. how difficult you know how it was quite you know the feeling was quite sad because they told me they were quite afraid to tell the parents the people they loved so much, they were telling me they are afraid to lose them. Mm -hmm. So maybe they will just cut this part of their life out of themselves and just, you know, roll with life. They just said they don't want to lose their loved ones because of this. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I, even though that past was behind me, all the high school experience, when I read those and when I, those were so relatable to me. And I could feel that, you know, those tears choking me up again and I could feel that it was not gone and this was going to be somebody's problem now and I don't want another kid to go through that. So coming to this interview is more than coming out because I had already done my coming out. It's about those people who are facing the same difficulties because I don't want any kid to go through what I have been through. It's... It may come off to this story, maybe like how I lived, but then it's like a s- story how I survived. And I'm, it's kind of scary because sometimes I wonder if, what if I didn't? What if I just gave up and I, I don't know where I would have ended up? Mm-hmm. So I am breaking my silence. I am coming on social media. I have my two pages where I write about this. I want to reach out to more people. I want. I don't want another kid feeling that again, and I just I had to make sure that I needed to make society a warm place, like a mother's hug for us, accepting love for everyone. I just want to make a world better in my own way. I need to try, I need to do everything I can.
0: You're such a beautiful, positive soul. I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm so proud of you. Seriously, like even when yeah. you're talking and sharing your story, I just think, I mean, like how after having gone through, you know, there's a, there's a quote I remember. I can't attribute it to anyone at this point, but it's something that I find on social media, how it's the people who have suffered the most that have the most to give. And I think it's true in your case. And I'm so proud of you, and I can only wish you good luck with that. But I want want to ask you one final thing because you're such a bright, such a well connected, such a thoughtful young man. Um, I want to ask you what your view is on the discussion that's happening in Parliament about repealing our two clauses 213 and 214, right? I've been such a loud advocate for that, that it must be repealed because I feel like it makes people who are in the LGBTI community like second-class citizens right like yeah. there's always a rule hanging over your head about who you should be and what you do like is that unnatural right that's the word that they use in that what, yeah. what are your views on that
1: well actually 213 and 214 basically says that if you are however involved in the sexual misconduct of Unnatural sex, you are liable for. I mean, you are punishable by the law. Well, I think being a GNH nation and I mean a country who's a country that's based on GNH values, we are more focused on taking the nation and its people together. Well, I think it would be unjust and a failure on the part of its principles if there's there are minority of people who are left behind. I think this law, what it does is, it dis, I mean, criminalize, yeah, yeah, discriminates and them. And
2: yeah,
1: I think we should move together mm-hmm. in this prospect and, yeah. Well, if you look at the, I did some research on the un- unnatural sex and what it was was basically it was a sexual misconduct. It is a religious term mm-hmm. for a sexual misconduct between. It can also be between two people who weren't married. Right. It can be also uh, for a sexual conduct that happened that didn't lead to procreation, mm-hmm. and it can be also between the same gender. So we were done with uh, having you know coitus. I mean, before marriage, I think right. we did away. We are also done. You can have sex not necessarily to Book you know create, yeah, yeah. It, have children. <laughs> yeah. Having children is your decision actually, yes. basically. And now we are with the same gender. So
2: mm.
1: oh I think we have to talk on the so gay part too. Okay. Um do you know how like the gay in the dictionary was like homosexual. Mm. But then I also found the word happy there. Mm. That means being homosexual should be making you happy, being the person that you are. Well, during that phase, I wasn't quite happy, even though I had come out. So for me, the definition means so much more. It's accepting the person that you are as a whole, everything, your appearance, the personality, Mm. even your orientation, it doesn't matter. You have to love yourself. You deserve to love yourself and be loved by everyone. And it's, it's quite often how, I mean, it's quite ironic how people judge you for being gay because being gay is just 10% of who you are. I believe that. Because, you know, I, I'm, even though I have come out gay, I am not like 24-7, oh, boys this, boys that. Did you no, see exactly, that like no.
0: me being straight, yeah. you know, I'm like being straight is like just like you said 10% of who I am yeah. like being straight and hetero isn't what Nam Gizam is about right yeah. it's about what I care about and what I do like the exact same thing for you but yeah. I don't get like exactly like what you're saying I don't get why when people come out and then um, express their sexual orientations that people are like oh he's gay and then he's this yeah right or she's lesbian and then she's this right yeah. and you want to be more than that
1: yeah so if you hate the person mm hate the whole person you know for who he is not just the 10 percent and then make because, it
2: all yeah, right? it's yeah
1: basically like judging a book by its cover i mean that's a really old cliche. no but that's
0: what everybody does i think <laughs> yeah. right we are all guilty in some way or another But yeah. is there anything else that you would like to share maybe with people who are watching us and watching this interview
1: well what i wanted to share is you know how people tell i mean there are people who tell you that they don't understand this but to us it does seem offending that you know it seems like okay I won't understand you I don't want to understand you but then looking at my uncle's position I was like okay what if it is true what if they don't understand this it's not like they have these emotions so maybe we I thought maybe we should keep it really simple you know being LGBT I know there are terms such as homosexual, I mean, lesbian, gay, transgender, I mean, we also get confused at sometimes. So. True. <laughs> well, what I believe is, LGBT is about these three important points. The first point is, you have to be yourself. You can be whoever you want to be, unless it makes, I mean, if it makes you happy, you be that person. Second, you can love whoever you want to. If, the if there is a in your emotions, then you can love whoever you want to. Three, you deserve to be loved for who you are, and everyone deserves that. Well, with this three, I would also want to tell people, LGB- the concept of the LGBT may seem confusing, may not relate to you. It may not relate to you until your loved one has, you know, they identify as a difference. Or True. you start to identify as different. Right. So if you identify as different, maybe we can bring in these terminologies to explain to you and maybe you will feel belonged.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think one of the most important things that came up was what if someone came out to you? What would you say? <laughs> well, what I would normally say and how it goes is I'm so proud of you. And I'm really flattered and I'm really touched that you thought it was necessary for my approval
2: mm-hmm. to
1: make you happy, to, for you to feel accepted. And because you identify as different, I will not love you any less. And I wish you all the happiness and love in the world. Mm-hmm. And I you know, just want us to be us. Even if you're gay, it doesn't change the relationship that we have. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's about it. That's beautiful.
0: I think you summed it up pretty well. Um, I think we all just want to be loved for who we are, uh, whether we are queer, whether we are straight, right? Like I want to be loved for who I am, right? It's not easy to be judged for who you are. So I hope that um, after watching this interview and especially the other interviews on Queer Talks, our conversation on Queer Talks put on, that, you will feel or you will find it within yourself I think all of us are born with compassion, all of us are born with the ability to try and understand somebody who's different from us. And I think Putinese do it especially well, um, that we will be able to accept everybody in Bhutan, doesn't matter what color we like or what Mm -hmm. our preferences are, that uh, we can all love each other at the end of the day. So I want to thank you for sharing your story from like the bottom of my heart. And uh, before we end, we actually have a little token of appreciation for you from Queer Voices of Bhutan. Uh-huh. so we thank you Tanzania User, and I want to show you that we have a little pouch and there's like two badges inside, um, love is love I think. Um, we also have this Queer Voices of Bhutan uh-huh. cup for you and there's thank a flag so and masks and sanitizer because <laughs> we're in a pandemic. Okay. I hope that people see you, I mean I am seeing you for all that you are instead of just your sexual orientation right now when I think of you like I think people call you Yezer and not Tenzin right so when I think of Yezer I'm going to think about how articulate you are and I think the takeaway for me is how resilient you are I very rarely meet people who are so resilient and who are so optimistic and find your I think your disposition is so positive you know you seem to find the silver lining and everything and I'm just so full of admiration for you for that you know and for being I don't want to I don't want to sound condescending but I mean you really are young but then to have all of that I think you have so much to give to the world and I really want you to stay and give keep giving to the world yeah. well you promise to do that yeah thank you so much Yuzar thank
1: you so much for having me
0: of course it's such a pleasure to talk to you and then to get to know you I'm so inspired by you